Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Well, I like guns, and I like being free. Because I'm armed, you can't take that from me, and you should know it. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of New Shooter Canada. Tonight I have with me Amanda. Hello. Thomas. Hello. And Michael. Hey. And I'm Josh. <laughs> and uh, tonight uh, we're gonna we're gonna get right into things with what we did in guns. Um, tonight, uh, Thomas, you want to start? Um, I did a little shooting. I actually took my friend Glenn to the range uh, for some instruction, some live fire uh, last Sunday. Uh, he has his RPAL course next week, and he was itching for some more range time since our last visit out there. I think three years ago was the last time I took him out shooting. Uh, the range is still closed to the public at work, so every every other line shut down from the, the China 19 social distancing. So it feels kind of weird doing retail sales only. I'm, I'm so used to being in the range and not doing the public shoots or uh, special events. So it's kind of strange. I don't mind it. But, you know, I'd rather be in the range where the time goes by fast and smelling the powder and the smoke and everything else. Um, we were all, we were also planning on doing some, uh, coaching as a regular store service, but it's not possible right now. So I've decided, uh, I've had several customers actually, uh, repeatedly ask me for some help and some personal coaching. So I've t- decided to take on a couple of students, uh, one day a week. I'm not going to overdo it and I'm going to break them up. So either after work or my off day, and it's only 50 minutes from my house. So if I do it after work, it's it or it'd be fine. Right now, since the dog got, has been fixed, I I'll have to come home first. So I'll try for something in the evening. Uh, there's still lots of pistol and shotgun ammo in its stock, but uh, some of the standard hunting rounds and bullet weights are getting really are really starting to dry up in the GTA. Um, you just can't wait till the middle of October to go out and buy your favorite hunting rounds. Nobody has any 33D lever revolution left anywhere. And it's everything's out of stock everywhere. I think I've got 306 and 308, but they're lighter calibers, so we've got them. But you're not getting, you're not picking and choosing what bullets weight. What you've got, what we've got left is all that you're going to get, basically. What well, you should, nine mil, you have, you have lots, lots of pistol ammo. Or? Lots of pistol ammo, nine mil. It's just all the hunting rounds, and we we got lots of slugs. But like the the old standard standbys, like uh, I have a little bit of the 44 lever revolution, but all the third, all the 3030s gone. No 3030 left at all. That's the first. It's kind of interesting, though. Like the hunting ammo is going, but the the sport shooting ammo and potentially defense ammo and everything else is still on the shelves. Um, some stores are starting to dry up, but we we stocked up. Like we knew it was coming. We were we were warned by the distributors, so we've got lots of pistol ammo. It's just and lots of 20 gauge and and 12 gauge slugs as well. But it's just like the old standbys, the 3030. Uh, you got a seven millimeter. Good luck. Um, Have your prices gone up? No. No, we, we don't put them up. Only if our, our costs go up, we put them up. But usually, especially any of the Browning and the Winchester stuff, if you've got a, the Browning Rewards card in the store, it, you save 10% off it anyway. So, And our prices are actually pretty reasonable. I'm, I've looked around, and we're usually a little bit cheaper than everybody else. Not a lot, but just you know that extra dollar or two. Not counting GoTenda that sells stuff at cost anyway, but that's another store. Yeah, right. Um, Thomas, were you working there last year during hunting season? Yes. Uh, did the hunting ammo dry up the same way this time as it did last year? Or did, last year? Whatever. Um, not as quickly. No. Not as quickly. So, but so, so this, so this, so this is a yearly thing. It, it, this doesn't really have anything necessarily to do with the situation in the U.S. No, not the hunting, not the hunting rounds. Um, no. it, the U.S. is used right now. Well, the 3030, 
I can see it being affected by the U.S. because it's an extremely popular round, even though it's over well over 100 years old. Most of the, the hunters, like around my age, they still use 3030s or 32 special. Like 32 special, you won't find that either. Any yeah. old standard hunting calibers, 270s. I've got a lot some of the lighter ones, but it's mostly the lighter ones. And guys going after moose, they don't want the 150 grain. You know, they want 180 or 190 grain. They want to hit something heavy. So. But the smart guys, they come in and like, if you especially if you've got an oddball, like a 307 Winchester, you know, which is an old big bore, um, we, we order stuff like that in and we do order in. I've got three boxes of 307, but most of the guys will come in in like April, May and put an order through. Mm. Especially yeah. if it's an oddball, like a 4440 or an older cartridge. If you've got, uh, like an antique, like some of the, the Winchester stuff, uh, they do, a limited production run every couple of years of certain of the old rounds, and Gila does that as well. So if you need something like that, if you got an old like antique, it could take you a year or two to find ammo. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So stock hey, up. If you, yeah. if, <laughs> if you find out what you like, even though it's expensive now, you're better off to buy three or four boxes now because in a couple of years when you need more, it's going to go up in price and your gun's going to be dialed in for that ammo, that lot number. Because even if you go and say you like 150 grain, 130 grain, 270, they, they can perform a little bit differently. If you get, usually if you get the ammo from one lot, it's very consistent. But if it's from a lot a couple of years later, your rifle could perform differently with that different lot number. So whatever you, you, you've got your dialed in to hunt with, that whatever load you have, I would always suggest stock up on that. Like buy a hundred rounds in it. Cause if you know your gun likes it, cause it's going to be there for the next 10 years if you need the ammo. I feel like that applies to like any like hunting ammunition really. Yeah, it really does. You yeah. find out what you, what you like and then stock up on it well before hunting season. Yep. Even 22s. Like if, if I go to a store and they've gotten, and Canadian Tire was notorious for this, they would take all the bricks and they would open every single brick. So it was all single boxes. And I would go in there and I would spend a half hour sorting them out to get all the same lot numbers. And say, okay, I'll take these ones here and I'll take these ones here. That's why I hate buying single bricks. I want everything from the same lot so I get the same consistent performance. And, that, and that's something I wouldn't even have thought about. The only one that's really dried up fast, Remington has an AccuTip uh, slug in 10 and 20. They're gone. They're, they're, you won't see any more. And Remington ammo, once it's gone, that's it. There won't be any more Remington ammo. So we stocked up too. We got lots of uh, 12 gauge slugs and 20 gauge slugs. But the AccuTips, they're all gone and they won't be coming back. There's just a solid copper sabots now. I haven't been following the news, but uh, as far as Remington ammo goes, did they not get sold to anybody? I don't know if anybody picked up Remington ammo. Uh, the last thing that I read was that Ruger picked up Marlin. Right, I saw that. And I think they picked up H&R. So that'll be good, right? Ruger makes good good firearms. And they have good quality control. Nice, yeah. And they can... Good warranties. It'll be, I'd be curious to see what Ruger does with that because the uh, the receivers on the Marlins are all, all, are all solid bar stock steel, right? And Ruger does everything. A lot of it is investment casting. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, with a 336 design. Whether they they do they they keep it up to the old school with a solid bar stock, or if they actually try to cast the part. Hmm. There'll be changes because they use different they use old technology, 
and to modern times. So they still have all the CNC mess up. The original, the metal, they, actually Ruger has one of the biggest investment casting companies in the United States. They, companies from all over the U.S. and the world send stuff to Ruger to have it uh, cast, so. Hmm. Hey, Thomas, you're, you're, you brought up your uh, increased COVID restrictions on the range. Are you relying on your on your members to clean up after themselves, or do you have increased cleaning going on? Oh, they have uh, to. They yeah. have to. When so you, finish, you have people that come in. We our range gets uh, decontaminated every day. Mike comes in every day and he cleans. He cleans. Every, he deleads it. Everything. And then yeah. the stations are left clean. And every time that you use it, there's cloth cleaner. And I clean everything. If I put my my guns on the my cases on the bench, whatever I've touched, I clean down. So I go. I've gone a couple times since COVID, and I'm very cautious. That I I clean everything before I start, and I clean everything when I'm done. And the members are doing the same thing. Do you have to wear a mask while you're shooting or just while you're out in the ports? Uh, once you're in the ports, you're fine because then it's social distancing. You're over because it's only every other lane open right now. But when you yeah. go inside the clubhouse or you're interacting, you have to have a mask on. Right. So with this uh, coaching I'm going to be doing, it, I'll be wearing mask and gloves because hmm. I will be in close proximity to the people. Yeah, you'll have to be arm, within arm's reach, right? Yeah. So. Well, well. The people that well, I guess coaching, not they don't have their license. Yeah, they have no. These guys, these people have their licenses. They've got their first handguns. They just need to, to learn some of the fundamentals. Right. So it's basically I'll just be standing beside them, but I may have to do a couple of things. I know one guy he has no idea how to sight in this gun, so I'm gonna have to sight in the gun for him and show him how to do it. And then we'll... cool. But we see, there's about five or six people that have asked me, so I've already I made arrangements with two people. So uh, I'm going out Monday, and the other guy will probably do the next week. I don't know what to charge them, though. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's not like I'm, say, uh, teaching them how to uh, holster certification or, or, or something else. I'm just teaching them the basic sure. fundamentals. They, they, they've, they've already got their licenses. I'm just going to fine-tune everything. So I'm not sure what type of a fee structure I should put out for it. Yeah. I'm going to keep it cheap. And keep it reasonable. Mm-hmm. I don't mind going out for a couple hours and making 50 bucks. I'm happy with that. Right. But I haven't really thought about it yet. Well, keep it, uh, keep us posted on that. <laughs> I'm, so, looking, uh, I'm looking Mike, forward to it. Looking forward to it. So, yeah. Mike, Mike, what have you been up to? Uh, well, last time we were on, um, I was in the middle of hosting an ICOR classifier match. Uh, the rest of the match went well. Um I won my first uh, match ever. Well, not my first match ever, but uh, I got high overall in i That's, I think, the first time I've won overall in i um, And with that, I also got classified as an A-class shooter, so I was pretty excited about that. Um, o- overall, does that mean against pistol shooters as well? Sorry, say it again. Is that against uh, autoloaders as well, or just... Like right, you're, you're top. A, you're top overall. So you're top overall just in revolver or all the guns. This is I-Core, so it's only revolver. It's only revolver. Okay, sorry, I was thinking IDPA. Yeah. But I mean, like I, I'm shooting limited, and I also beat like all the open shooters as well, all the open revolver shooters. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I was quite happy with that. Uh, but yeah, I was really happy with getting that A class. Uh, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to get it. I really wanted to get at least A class, but uh, it uh, really helped. To renew my excitement, and next year I have my eye set on getting master or grandmaster, realistically master. So, yeah, hopefully that'll go well. Um, 
I've called up Savage about uh, Sarah's. Uh, what she have? She has a Model Eleven. It's a bolt action and twenty two two fifty. And I just noticed at some point in time that when you're cycling the action, the brass comes out no problem, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't throw it off to the side. It kind of just comes out and then just lands there right on top of the next round. Hmm. So I had taken it all apart and I found out that the not the extractor, the ejector spring had somehow gotten crushed. I don't know how it like you can just look at it and you can see that like it's folded in on itself. So I had called up Savage and I pretty much told him what happened. Like I said, I don't know what happened, but the spring is crushed. And he just asked me, oh, you know, how are all the other parts? You know, how is the actual ejector itself? You know, everything looks fine. Ah, don't worry about it. I'll just send you all the parts to rebuild it anyways. So, <laughs> so quite happy about that. Uh, didn't have to send anything in. And they it sounded at least like they're sending me all the parts that I need to fix it. So, and possibly even some extras. So quite happy with the the customer service on Savage End there. Yeah, yeah I've had similar I've had similar experiences as well. Savage is really good. Yeah, that's good. Is it is yeah. it coming to Canada or the U.S.? It it came out of the U.S. That was the only thing the guy said. Like, hey, sorry to tell you this, but it's coming out of the U.S., so it's going to take. You know, he said he said a week and a half. I think it's been about a week and a half now, so I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a little longer. But yeah, whatever. Free parts are free parts, right? Oh, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and there's an IDPA match coming up soon, and I am trying to decide what to shoot. I've so I sent a message to everyone on the call or on the show, <laughs> and I put up that I could either take my Norinco 1911 and 45 ACP, my Ruger GP100 and 30, well, I shoot 38 Special out of it, or a SIG P226 and 9, or a SIG P239 and 9mm. Um, Thomas, what did you vote for? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, do you remember? I, I voted for the 1911, but that's before I realized it was a Naranko, so now I don't know how I feel. But I, I just <laughs> you feel just dirty now? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just didn't. I just really didn't want you to use the revolver because you always shoot revolver, so I, I wanted at least a semi-auto. But uh, but I just thought it'd be cool, a little bit different to use the 1911. But yeah. Uh, okay. So it looks like Thomas and I both. Voted for the GP100. I was just going to say, I was thinking I, it was a GP100. Uh, I chose what Thomas chose because, I, to be honest, I don't know what the differences would be. So you just went along with Thomas? I went along with Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honest answer is a great answer. <laughs> well, I, I picked the GP100 because he shoots revolver really well, and that's a gun he's put a lot of time and effort in, so... No, see, I went the opposite way. Because he shoots revolver really well, I wanted to challenge him and make him shoot something else. Yeah, well, the only thing, Thomas, is I actually haven't shot that revolver in almost a year now. Well, because you got the Smith. Um, yeah, because I got the Smith & Wesson now. Last year, it was last year, back in September, a year ago, I shot the IRC down in Pennsylvania, and I shot it with my GP100, and then pretty much I came home, put that gun in the safe, and I hadn't really touched it since so you selling it no i i don't think i can sell it like there's too much sentimental value in that gun now you could sell it to me and i'd let you visit it if you want (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know like 
I'm not really attached to it anymore, but I feel like I need to keep it. I'm also a hoarder, so <laughs> it help. Um, nothing wrong with that. As long as you yeah. hoard cool things, right? If it's cool things, you're not a hoarder. <laughs> I'm sure every hoarder tells themselves that. <laughs> I need all these newspapers from the last 20 years. I need another pocket knife. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so I'm going to leave it up to the up to the listeners if any of them want to uh, vote on anything. But as of right now, it look it's looking like the GP100. Um, so nothing's nothing's calling to you. Nothing feels feels right. None of, none of no. Sarah's guns you want to borrow. You know what? I actually really want to borrow one of Sarah's guns, but she's shooting it at this match, so uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah. So this is the only match that I think Sarah's going to shoot all year. She was actually supposed to shoot another Icor match, but it got canceled because uh, they just weren't getting enough people signed up for it. But yeah, so Sarah's shooting this IDP match, so which I'll you, let her shoot her gun. Which she's shooting. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll post uh, the poll as well on the Facebook page, and then we can people can vote that way, or they can email or whatever they they decide to do. But we can actually show a picture and do exactly what you did on the the chat there. You're so much better at this than I am. <laughs> is it she? She's so organized. <laughs> yeah, and she actually knows how to do things. <laughs> I, I do? Really? Uh, compared to me? Yes. <laughs> or me? <laughs> You're an expert. We'll figure it out. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sounds good. And then the last thing I have written down here is I went and I practiced today some my core. Um, nothing really too special there, just trying to keep up with stuff even though how the last match got canceled hopefully uh hopefully we'll get some indoor matches this year but i don't know how that's going to go so we'll just have to wait and see all right cool well amanda what have you been up to oh well not a whole lot i guess i I made a trip out to the club to participate in our year-end club championship it's basically just for bragging rights not that i have any but uh i got my scores in for archery and scope and I'm looking to do an iron sight sometime this week Uh, I also did end up getting the Instagram page set up for New Shooter Canada so uh, we are there start sharing the pictures and you know um, yeah we were supposed to get a video of Mike using his press right yeah yeah I know I haven't reloaded since we recorded that episode (laughs) Ah. I I, I literally have it in my to-do list is to record me reloading and <laughs> well i'm glad you got it on the to-do list i i would like to see that so but i did post some pictures of when josh and i did end up going to the club there so actually do you want to talk about that uh yeah so i joined amanda at the range to do the same thing um we uh we went through i i we've never really done this before i thought it was maybe a good idea especially with COVID restrictions and everything, we, we thought we would do a club championship, but make it kind of uh, independent for everybody to do. So I, I wrote a short course of fire and uh, for each discipline and posted it out there to everybody, put up some flyers. Uh, everybody seemed to think it was a good idea. I haven't really got anybody really doing it yet. <laughs> it's really only been me, Amanda, and one other guy that I know has submitted scores um, for members only uh, for rifle, pistol, and archery. Um, just thought it'd be kind of cool to see where everybody's skill level is at. 
because it's very rare that everybody gets to come out and actually compete against each other. It's kind of gets kind of kind of clicky around the club and you don't really know who's out there and what everybody can do. So I, I want to put that out there and see if people would participate. So I'm a little bit nervous about the participation level so far, but they've got till the end of the month. So hopefully scores will start rolling in. But uh, yeah, that, that's about all I've been up to. Um, we went out and did some archery and I, I realized I need better, better footwear out in the, out in the woods. And especially if I want to start hunting, I think I got to get some better boots. I wound up rolling my ankle out in the uneven ground. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of surprising. You know, it's not really, yeah, it's not really that, that far of a, of a route and you don't think much of it, but it's so uneven, you know, when you're out in the woods just to be safe and have good ankle support and everything else. So it's carrying, uh, carrying my bow and everything. And I saved everything. I didn't hit the ground, but it was, it was pretty painful in the, in the process of trying to save, save everything. But something to think about anyways, uh, part of your safety, safety protocol. Um, went out today and practiced a little bit more. I, I wanted to, to try to, uh, to get my sights down or to get my, my yardages down. Um, so I set up markers at 10, 20, 30, and 40 and really tried to, to practice that and was alternating between the different distances, really trying to, trying to nail it down. Um, really something I'm kind of struggling with, with, a with a recurve with no sights. It's all just kind of, kind of on feel and instinct trying to, trying to figure out where it's going to go. But, uh, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I, I definitely like guns better. Um, but I find archery is really pretty relaxing, especially a nice fall day like today, just to get out there and, it's it's quiet. You don't have to have any ears or any special protection on, and it's just kind of nice to walk around in the woods. So it's really been been a good part of our club that we've been utilizing lately. Well, it worked out in your benefit because they had the POW course, so the ranges were shut down for the guns. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so it allowed you to at least go and enjoy another aspect of the club, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so that's really... Your club shuts down all gun shooting when you're doing a pow course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they they use the indoor range for one thing, um, okay. for part of the instruction and for the exam, and also they don't want anybody on the outdoor ranges because they feel like it would distract the uh, the students, which I, I do have a problem with that. But <laughs> I'm not gonna. It's not a hill to die on for me. But uh, nobody's really nobody else has really complained. It's there's not that many classes that we run, but. It does seem kind of strange to me that we shut down the outdoor range for that. Yeah, because to me it almost seems I could almost see it becoming, uh, you know, a contradiction thing where like people who they want to bring new people in, but they don't want people to get mem- or get their licenses at your club because it shut down their club. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? I seem yeah. I feel like it's going to end up in an endless loop at some point in time. And I don't. Yeah. I don't. Very few pal courses have a live fire portion. Uh, well, no, there's there's no live fire, but they they use the range when they're doing the examination, um, as far as like pretend loading and handling and everything else. They use the range, and and our clubhouse is right attached to the range, so if someone was in there shooting, it would be relatively loud in the clubhouse. So I understand that part, it's yeah. the outdoor part that yeah. seems weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a gun club for crying out loud. They're, 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 these people are expected to hear gunfire at the gun club. That's right. And I think they would probably enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Yeah, in the indoor range, yeah, for sure, I can see if it's distracting. But outdoors, and if it's, you know, especially if it's a little distance away, mm-hmm. it's a stupid rule. Yeah, I agree. Well, there's lots of stupid rules, right? <laughs> well, 
that's what happens when it's a member-run club. The members make up the rules, the board of directors set it all up, and the only way to change it is to get active in the club. Yeah, and I am the president, but I'm only one man, so I can't make all the decisions. So, but uh, anyways, that's that's about all I've been up to. So I guess we'll we'll get on to the main topic now, and it's mostly going to be uh, Amanda kind of driving this topic, and she's going to tell me how to not get in trouble with my wife for spending too much on guns. So. Hardy, har, har. The main topic is budgeting for the sport. My wife yeah. specifically told me to pay attention to what Amanda says. <laughs> well, uh, I see there was a little comment here. Mike, uh, <laughs> look at your bank account. This is how much you have to spend. Don't worry about your mortgage. That's not due for another three days. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <all>. <laughs> Got her going, Mike. <laughs> Oh, goodness. That was a good laugh, that's for sure. But um, just a disclaimer at the very beginning, I do work in the finance industry, but I'm not here to, quote unquote, give you financial advice. Uh, I don't have any particular abilities to be doing that. Uh, I'm just going to share what works personally for me in the perspective of a frugal mom. So... But let's start with how everybody else prepares for a purchase. I'm, I'm very curious. Maybe we'll start with Mike. Um, I am actually kind of OCD about my money and my management of money. So mm-hmm. I just wait until the gun budget goes up enough. I have a set amount that I put into it, you could say, every week. And you just wait until there's enough money to make your purchase. That's very. Well, that's perfect. You don't need this episode then. <laughs> that's good. I'd like to hear that. What about you, Thomas? Um, I don't have any financial plan. I just see something that I like, and I wait towards Christmas or my birthday, and then I, I dig profusely, and usually I get it. I am terrible with money. I, okay. I I have a credit card. It's actually it's in my sock drawer. I don't use it unless I'm going on vacation or something where I'm traveling. I will bring my credit card. I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to use it because I've been bad in the past with it. Yeah. And I don't mind. I, I to me it's aggravation. Terry does everything. She does the banking, the mortgage, everything. So if I spend more than I'm, I get so much put in my bank account for my gas and everything else. And if I get overdrawn, I get yelled at. So I usually have prior approval from the Ministry of Wifey approval before I purchase anything. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. But just a, a small pointer there. Uh, we happen to have situations where there's always one person who handles the finances and one person who doesn't. Uh, I know in a lot of situations, it's usually the the lady who lets the gentleman do all the banking. But that's been changing a lot more. Uh, but what will happen is what happens when you are coming to a situation where you have to deal with it on your own. You're going to end up being so overwhelmed with how the how to budget and how to manage all the bills. It's always good. I'm not saying to start like taking over, but it's always good to start kind of sticking your nose in it a bit so that you have a, a good idea because anything could happen. Right. Like True. Terry could end up in the hospital and you got to deal with all that because she won't be able to. Or in my situation, 
being divorced, I have to manage my own money now, right? Like I usually left it with him and I, I ended up having to adapt to that lifestyle and it was hard. And even my mother-in-law at the time, same thing for her. She was 30 years. She didn't do banking. She never pumped gas for herself ever. She always went into one of those full service places and she, she did not know how to do anything. So I find it's really important to, to just educate yourself a little bit about it. But, oh, <laughs> that's just, just a little tidbit. Apparently but, it's all written down somewhere just in case. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I like the way she thinks. I like that. What about you, Josh? Uh, unfortunately I'm a little bit too much like Thomas, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have, like I have, I have firearms that I have on my bucket list that I want, but usually it's, it's an emotional thing where a really good deal comes up or I see that thing that I really want, or a friend has a gun for sale or something like that. And it's kind of an instant thing where I hadn't planned for. And unfortunately then it just comes to just an imp- impulse buy or an emotional buy, but I mean, my first handgun was my Smith and Wesson 22, and I and I actually I did pretty well on that because I, I put it on layaway, and I actually sold a few things to pay for it. So I feel like in the end I was only out maybe 80 bucks to 100 bucks, and the rest of it I made up with selling things that I already had, um, not gun related things, but tools and other things. But so I think I was pretty responsible that way with that purchase. But then my second gun was my was my nine mil, my, my grandpower, which I actually bought from Thomas. <laughs> so he was actually being responsible there because he was trying to make money to go to shot show. So he was, he was thinking budget, budget friendly there. So, um, but usually it's more just a, a see it and I want it kind of thing. But, um, but I always think about how, how much it's worth and if I can handle it or not, I don't, I don't buy it if I don't think I can afford it, but I don't really plan to buy things. That's fair enough. But I'm going to be honest, I am, have learned to budget my entire life. And I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about why. So at one point in my life, I'm going to be honest, I was swallowed up in debt. I We ended up working flexible jobs where our income was not consistent at all, both my ex and I. Uh, so we ended up having to borrow a lot of money just to kind of stay afloat and we almost lost the house. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a very brutal time. Um, we ended up like I did go to school. I had an education to be an ECE, but in this area, it was hard to get full time hours. And at the time, it was no more than what a, re- re- uh, retail clerk would work like earn hourly. It was, there was nothing exciting about it. Now the government does fund to add a couple extra dollars an hour for ECEs because there's a, a high demand for covering that cost so that the parents are not paying that extra fund to, to have their children taken care of. So, but back then that wasn't a real thing. Anyway, um, so for the most part of my marriage, I worked two jobs and I worked six days a week. And with the 
expensive children, you had to really sit down and take everything really seriously. So we did a lot of research and found ways to cut our bills down. And we tried to live as minimally as possible. So no cable. We had Netflix and Hulu only when it was like $6 a month. Um, <clears throat> we had one car and my ex rollerbladed or it or walked to work back and forth to work every day. Uh, we cut down on all of our restaurant or takeout trips and we, once we finally kind of got on top of things, um, in the process, I learned some excellent disciplines, so they've stuck with me. And, you know, I, I still run to Tim's now and then, and I, more than what I should, but I'm not overwhelmed with debt anymore. And I, it really had to do with bucking down and kind of taking these small but very serious concepts and putting them into place. So, you know, just like, uh, Thomas was saying, I've heard a few jokes about, you know, the significant other maybe not being um, as approving of some of your purchases in the past. But it's not un- it's not an uh, excuse me. It's not an uncommon thing. In fact, it's one of the top reasons that couples do get divorced is because of finances. So I threw in a link there. Um, but whether it's because of that the priorities don't line up or there's unexpected uh, large bills, let's just face it, finances are just really hard to kind of go through. And again, this was actually one of the major reasons why my marriage broke down. Uh, even though we finally got on top of everything, uh, it ended up being that our directions and finances completely turned he wanted to be a business guy so all of the extra cash he wanted to go towards his business uh, structure and I tried to go along with it for a long time but I wanted to spend more money on uh, small hobbies and short-term goals like vacations and things like that and he said no until we make it big this is this is where our money's going and I did that for a long time and I just I couldn't do it anymore so for the love of the sport and for the love of our families, I just really encourage people to, you know, sit down and think about what it is that you want. So, uh, let's see here. Well, I just want to say thanks for being honest about that. That was some pretty deep stuff. Oh, totally. <laughs> but I mean, she's an open book. <laughs> I am an open book. I'm very honest about what my life is like and what it is that I. I've learned from it. So it's really, really important to me that people don't make the same mistake I did. So why not share that story with people? So, uh, well, it sounds like some of you guys have at least uh, maybe for you, Mike and Josh, where you kind of set goals as to which purchase you want to make. Like you might have a list. I, I don't know. Mike, do you have a list right now? Do I have a list? Of course I have a list. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, I have a list somewhere. Where am I? Yeah. So what? what's your next purchase that you're hoping to make? Uh, are we talking gun-specific or gun accessory list for multiple I, I would say anything in the I firearm would, I would realm. Say, yeah, let's let's go with anything firearm. Uh, I want to buy uh, new moon clips for my uh, revolver. I want to buy really nice you can get thicker ones and they hold on to your cases a lot stronger so how significant of a purchase is that 
um, to buy a hundred of them because I, I, I want at least a hundred of them. Because you're gonna, because like, you're gonna reload and you're gonna put them all in your cans on the clips, right? So yeah, yeah. So I put all my ammo on the moon clip and then I have a carrying can that I put all that in there. And the can I think holds uh, somewhere around, I think it holds somewhere around fifty of them. And you can either buy them in batches of like 10, 25, 50, or a hundred. And moon clips are the like they're they're pieces of sheet metal and they lay on the ground. So you're gonna step on them, you're gonna bend them, and then they're garbage. So I figure buy a whole pile of them and then I won't have to do it again. And also like buying at Costco, if you buy it in bulk, you get it for a better price. Well, fair enough. Okay, so so you didn't answer my question. Oh, sorry. What was your question? <laughs> how significant of a, of a purchase is this? Like, like oh, how much? Like in in dollar hundreds value? Of, hundreds of dollars? No, like, they're are not they? expensive, are they? Oh yes, uh, I think the ones that I was looking at come out to now. I I can't remember exactly. I think it's about four dollars. No, four dollars seems like a lot a piece. I think I want to say that I had budgeted that I needed at least two hundred and fifty dollars to buy a hundred of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's not it's not nothing, but it's not crazy money. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not throwaway, but it's not yeah. And there's no way you can 3D print them. Uh no, <laughs> it, it just wouldn't be strong enough. Yeah, darn. But that's a good idea though. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Josh? Do you, what's on your uh, oh, shopping gosh. list? Oh man, the next one. I don't know. Well, I I don't. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with revolvers. Like I tried to get. I was trying to get Mike set up to come and teach a revolver course at our at our club, but then COVID hit and everything's kind of not able to do stuff like that. I, I really want a Smith & Wesson 686. That's what I've kind of been obsessed with for the last maybe year or so. But that's that's a significant purchase. They're, you know, close to a grand. And that's I just can't I can't justify that right now. But I guess if, if I started saving and putting a little bit away here and there, I'd, I'd get there eventually. But it's really hard to. Hard to start something like that. Six inch or four point two inch? I would like a six inch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Figure longer is better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to buy a six eighty six before I would decide that I was going to go limited, and I was going to get. A, I was looking at a six inch. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit better for framing, right? You get a little bit longer sight radius, or, or what's the? Uh, my thing isn't so much sight radius. I've shot various length guns in the past with iron sight and I'm sure that there's a huge difference when you get down into the States and they're shooting like a two inch barrel, like revolver or something like that with a stupid right. short like sight radius. But I found that sight radius doesn't matter so much for me. It's more about uh, recoil mitigation and just the weight of it when it comes to True. how you like to transition. Yeah. So once again, this is be being, you know, all about action shooting. To me, it's about how fast I can transition from one target to another, and I have found that I can transition faster with a heavy gun than I can with a light gun. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's an exciting purchase. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. the next thing on my list, and yeah. unfortunately, it's a big one. <laughs> what about you, Thomas? I want a Spyderco smock. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's you the only want all I... the spider. Are there any Spyderco's left? Um, I don't have any of the Salt series. I don't know. There's, there's a few guns that we've got an old high standard 22 that's been in the used shop for since I've been there. It's old school. It's got the big bull barrel. It's all fluted. You know, they are nice. 
it, you know, it's it's a beautiful um, bullseye gun, and it's it's the gun's got to be forty years old, maybe fifty years old, but it's still like seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty bucks. And even though I get I'd get a, a, a bit of a discount on it, that that's a lot of money for a used gun. Yeah. Well, they, they are nice though. I know, I know Mark at our club, he's got two or three of them. I've tried them and they're, they're just, they're so, they feel so solid. They feel so different. Well, yeah. they're nice and heavy and they're so, the, the trigger is so crisp and the sights are nice. And I think what it is, is that the first gun I ever, first handgun I ever fired was a high standard and it was that exact same model. And when I fired it, um, I, I had no interest in target shooting. I had no interest in pistols whatsoever. I had a friend talk me into the range, and I, I really didn't want to try the handgun, but he put that high standard in my hand. The trigger was so light, I double-tapped it a couple times, and it was so hard, and it was so challenging. By the time I was finished shooting with him, I liked pistols. It just took... That was a gun that changed my, my mind from being... I was a liberal. I was a fud. I was just a hunter until I actually... Got, yeah, <laughs> until I actually got in the sport, and then... <laughs> well, you sound like Amanda. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, you had to have somebody take you out there and experience it for yourself. Because I just, you know, like like most people, I, you just the only thing you see handguns on is TV. I didn't know anybody that shot pistols. I was never exposed to pistol shooting. I was always exposed to like, long rifle, like bullseye, or sorry, um, prone shooting, the cadets, but and hunting. But handguns never came into the equation. So maybe I had a, a predetermined bias about them until I actually tried it. And then I, I shot the high standard and it, it, I really liked it. And then he put a World War II 1911 in my hand that had been tuned. And I took my time and that thing shot fantastically. So my favorite guns these days are 1911s and I still want that high standard. But I think maybe it's, you know, looking back, maybe nostalgic reasons that I want it. I've got lots of 22s. I don't need another 22 pistol, but just something about it—the old high school, the old old school high polished blue—and it's just, it's just nice. So that's the only gun I've actually been looking at at work is that one pistol. Well, you know what I found is the biggest problem. I don't find that buying the actual gun is the biggest problem. It's the ammo, to me, anyways. It's like the the constant the constant feeding of the gun seems to be the biggest hurdle for me. Um, like, like I think it was the last episode, uh, we we're talking about how much he can reload for. And I was quoting the price on a box of 50 and Mike's like, well, I never buy anything in a box of 50. I would always buy bulk. And it's just like, you know, it's hard to come up with that $300 to buy a case of ammo, right? It's, it's easy to go and spend or easier to go and spend maybe $16 on a box of 50, but that really adds up over time. It's really hard to budget for the cost of ammo. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying because I mean I know at the usually what happens going into winter is when I do the bulk of my reloading is I end up with a thousand more than a thousand couple thousand dollars worth of bills of all my reloading supply for the next year. <laughs> but you have to know you have to know that that's coming. So I also spend no money on any ammo for the rest of the year either. Right, right. So you can kind of plan for that a little bit better. Absolutely, you can. So I'm glad that you guys all have goals that you focus on. Mine is now the the Browning BPS is my next one. I want it, but I can't put it on the credit card because my rule of thumb is that we're not to spend money that you do not have. And 
you know, for some people that would be really easy, but you know, the average Canadian owes a hundred, uh, one dollar and seventy seven cents for every dollar earned. So that's a pretty, that's almost double what you make. Well, let me know because we've find- got a couple of BPSs in the U section and they're in nice <laughs> shape. <laughs> and, we, and we got a Smith and Wesson pump and we've got 1400s and 1300 Winchesters. There's, I can put you in a Wingmaster for 450. <laughs> no, 425. Do you have any 686s? No, we sold it. We, we sold our range gun. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear La 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 la. Don't want to hear it. La 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 la. <laughs> and it, and I, I think it went for like 700 bucks. Oh. I'm going to get a really good deal on your Ruger, Mike. <laughs> No, oh. no comedies quiet over there. <laughs> My goodness, as tempting that as that is, it's just not a smart thing for me because it's so, just going to cause me issues later on. So, so when you get when you get near when you get near the money that you, you that you have, like when you yeah. save what you want, let me know because they come in. I will. I will. Thank you. I will. And we'll look for one of the older ones because the newer ones they have a matte black paint finish and it's. The older ones are all high polished blue, and they're, they're nice. So we'll see if we can score an older one for you. Well, that would be that would be wicked. And I mean, that's been the main thing. I would like a, a used one because I think that's more um, practical for me. But maybe for some, it's not. So I mean, you have to base your purchases on want and practicality, right? So shop around, do your research, have a buddy like Thomas get the get the the the, the deets for you, right? So. Uh, the next thing I would suggest is, you know, budget sheets. And I mean, when's the last time you guys have done a budget sheet? It sounds like Mike might. I have a weekly budget sheet that takes, uh, yeah. You're my I star pupil, Mike. I, 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 ha- I have like a, I don't know how many sheets on Google Sheets and it's all my budget and it's done weekly and yeah. Sarah, Sarah says that uh, I get more excited about doing the budget than I do about going shooting. <laughs> so that should give you a perspective of... Nerd. Yeah. yeah. You married the right girl, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Why? She doesn't care. <laughs> oh, wow. Carrie has one. What about one. you, Josh? No, I've, I've unfortunately let... let uh, kind of like Thomas again, let uh, Laura do most of that, so... <laughs> Well, it, to me, it, I like I had to sit down and break down every single bill, for, and then from there, from what remaining cash, I had to look at what other spending I had. Or sorry, I had to look at my other spending and figure out how much I could afford to put aside. And I mean, for me, this helped to prioritize my wants and needs. And I'm curious. So you did weekly. Is it a common practice for Terry then, Thomas? Oh yes, yeah, she does the budget. Yeah. She does, she does it all. What about Laura? Uh, no, just when we seem like we we need to. <laughs> so when <laughs> which they is feel also, like it's tight, yeah, exactly. when it starts to get tight, yeah, yeah, which is the way we used to look at it, right? But I personally use an app called Mint, and it is free. I also have a link down there. So it links all my bank accounts, my investments, uh, my mortgage company, and it let it will send me an email letting me know, oh, you're close to your budget or 
you spent more than usual on this kind of service. So, you know, and it'll let me know if I've went over budget for the month. So I personally revisit that on a weekly basis and check that all out. So uh, uh, the main staple of how I ended up budgeting myself and putting all my discipline in was the envelope system. So have any of you guys heard that before? Yes. Yes. What about you, Mike? Uh, I think I have. That's where you put your money in, like, uh, this envelope is for food, this envelope is for fun, this envelope is for transportation. Correct. And only yeah. only cash only. Cash only. Yeah. So I did, I did that with jars when I first lived on my own. Yeah. So this was how we had to, uh, we're, like, discipline ourselves with the whole budgeting concept because it was so easy to debit. It was so easy to use the credit card and we took all the cash out and we had the envelopes and we would hold each other accountable because we checked through the envelopes to make sure we weren't dipping into things that we shouldn't. And, you know, after a while I was able to set up savings accounts to be able to uh, put them aside. And I'm very proud of those little, I probably got seven or eight of them uh, savings accounts all for different things. So one is for my house and car insurance because I have that payout annually and quarterly. I have one for Christmas. I have one for haircuts. I have one for vacation. Uh, I have them all over. <laughs> but it really helped to kind of put things into perspective again of what it is that you have. And it takes the edge off when a, an opportunity does happen to make that extra purchase, it's not like, oh, well, you know, I have Christmas coming up right now and I'm going to have to fork out over a thousand dollars for that. You know, I've saved for that all year round. So when Christmas comes, it's not going to hurt me any different. So it might feel like it's straining you in the beginning, but in the end, it's such a big reward. So Oh. Well, I, I cut my own hair, so I've got you beat there. Oh, well, lucky you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, but I just want a sidebar here. Like I my budget was so tight that I only had $60 every two weeks and I had to cover my makeup if as a as a lady. And let me tell you something, $60 doesn't get you very far. Um, it included my coffee and it, that had to include any spending that I wanted to do for my new hobby. So for I usually ended up taking twenty to forty dollars out and putting that towards my pal or putting it towards my new gun. And I it it was such a slow crawl and it was very depressing at one point, but I did get through it all. So it was a really nice concept, though, that I was able to fight that instant gratification, right? Like, do I really, really need to buy that that Tim's and the 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 muffin and you know the sandwich? No, I don't need that. So it kind of really put things into perspective. So hmm. another thing is to check in whether shops have layaway programs. We know, I don't know, Thomas, does your shop have layaway? Depends. Um, depends on how much you put down on it. We don't normally do okay. layaways. 
If you come in, you okay. say, if, if you want me to special order you something, or if you put, say, layaway for a week and you put half down, something like that normally, but we don't normally do layaways. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't too sure how it was in this industry, but I do know where I used to work. Uh, we could do a one-year layaway uh, on jewelry pieces, and you, there would be you had to pay so much a month and you would get your money back if you didn't make your payments after a certain period of time, but you would lose the piece and the price. So, uh, and away it went back into the shelves for someone else, but it was a nice concept. Um, could, Josh sorry, could you explain, could you explain what layaway is? Layaway is when you make a um, monthly deposits onto the product that you want but it stays in store. So 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 you're almost like reserving it and then you're almost like financing it, but you don't actually get it until you've yes. paid it off. Usually, usually no interest either though. Yeah, right? there's yeah. no interest either. Okay, so, so it's so there there's no like quote unquote fee associated with doing layaway. No. At least not in my experience. I don't know what it would be like in well, no, when I when I bought my first handgun, I, I bought it at Bullseye in London, and I had to put I think a I think it was a 30% down payment on it, and there was no interest, no other fees, but then I had to pay it off in another three months. That was the only. The so only. so they stipulate you have to pay it off in three months. Yeah, it didn't matter how much I put, put how much I paid after that. I could wait another three months and pay the balance or make monthly payments until then. They didn't care, but I just had to have that specific down payment and then there was no interest or fees and just paid off by x date and it was all good and out of curiosity did did it say somewhere on their website that you can do layaway or did you just ask it was right on it was right on their website they advertise it yeah okay yep they advertise like price matching and layaway and yeah they'll, they'll price yeah. match and layaway wait for you so if you don't have if you see something like with josh for example it was uh it was go tender that had the really ch- super cheap price on the on the that's right place. Forgot, yeah, I price matched and laid away. I yeah, have a good so memory. He price matched it <laughs> and he laid it away. So at the same time, so yeah, there's a, a lot of stores will do it, especially uh, ones that yeah, weren't happy the GTA. about it though. I think they, yeah, he said he wasn't really making any money because GoTenda sells everything so cheap. He wasn't he wasn't too happy about it, but he did it because they advertise it. So. Yeah, and I've heard great things to... about Bullseye, so it's it's a great store. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I've had a good experience there myself, and like I said, not all stores will offer it, but it's something to consider. Like, I again, I'm not familiar with the layaway programs, what gun shops would offer, but it's something you could put have enough to put a down payment, and you have the ability to be able to make those deadline payments. Then maybe that would help you with your goal to. Yeah, I don't remember what the penalty was for not meeting the deadline, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my experience with layaways, there was no penalty. It you just lost the piece and the price oh, that it was guaranteed. And you lose all the money. What about the money that you put down? They would be did? sent back to the client. Okay. Yeah, so that wasn't an issue. So you wouldn't lose any money. You would just lose the product. You would just lose the product in whatever sale that they could have locked it in at. So, you know, quite a bit. They would have had like twenty percent off on certain jewelry pieces, or if it went on a clearance. <laughs> Um, to guarantee that you got that piece, you'd put it away on layaway and you had to make, it had to break, be broken down into 10 equal payments. So 
And as long as you made those payments and we call and remind you, and if you didn't, then they would mail you out a check with your cash. So anyway, but last but not least, I suggest always being the frugal shopper and follow up on sales, especially if it's a new gun. Uh, we know that Thomas's shop that they do have sales and <coughs> so does Cabela's and I'm sure both sides does too. Um, so if you can save a bit of money and still achieve your goal, then why not? Like I personally hate paying full price for anything. Uh, so, you know, I have the urge to, to wait. So that's just my, a couple things to think about anyway, but am I missing anything? I, I think buy, buy used whenever you can. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was going to be my only suggestion is buy used. Mm-hmm. A lot uh, of the time I do look at used. I think I've I've bought one new wing used, and I love my used gun more than my new gun. Seems like most people don't use their guns as much as we do. So, yeah, well, definitely if you if yeah if you're not buying it from a competitive shooter, then you're probably a lot better off. <laughs> yeah, right. right. My yeah. only thing is if you are gonna if you're if you're a newbie, new to the sport, and you want to look at something new. Um, have an experienced shooter or somebody that you trust look at it for you first. Because what I've noticed when I first started joining um, gun clubs, sometimes the, some of the old-timers, they, they'll go in and they make a point of dumping all the garbage on the newbies. They know you're new and you don't have any money. Hey, I got this. I could sell this for 150 bucks, and it's a cooey that yeah, you can they yeah, and they so, don't know any better. Yeah, and they don't know any better. And I've seen it happen dozens of times. I, and, I, and I know people that specifically dump stuff on newbies in a couple of clubs. So, you know, if somebody offers you an amazing deal at a gun club, it's probably an amazing deal for a reason. Have somebody check on it <laughs> and just, you know, have a buddy say, you know, is it sound? Is it safe? But um, that would be my only, my only advice is get somebody to check it for you. Absolutely. Because yeah, I've been burned. Smart. I got burned when I was when I was new. I've got guns that uh, I wouldn't consider uh, sale worthy dumped on me. So just I'm talking from experience. That's why I'm saying it. Oh, for sure. You want when you're buying a gun, you want to make sure you're buying a quality gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought my nine mil off a really sketchy guy. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know what's funny? I almost bought a nine mil off that sketchy guy too, but. Uh, <laughs> I wised up and didn't. Oh, man. You should see the sketchy yeah. guy that gave it to me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, does that just about wrap it up? Anything else to add? No, it's some it's some good sound advice because a lot of times we, we want and we, we can't get right away and get into the credit can be a very bad thing, especially credit cards at 24%, and it's so easy to get in over your head. So budgeting and planning for something, even though it's it can be frustrating, the end results is, are always worth it. Yeah. Yep. I, I will say the day that I had enough money to go and buy my Savage Mark II was also the day that uh, my ex ended up moving out of the house. Or even better, so it's a double back. celebration. Yeah, so I ended up buying the gun the day he moved out, and it was such a liberating Was, was that feeling. to keep him from coming back? Or? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was so liberating to do that, and I felt so proud of myself because I did that all on my own, like 100%. And, you know, my ex wasn't 
against me being in the shooting sports, but he certainly wasn't gung-ho about it. And it strictly had to do with money spending. That's all it had to do with. And it was very frustrating. And I just, I hope that other spouses who aren't into it are able to be open-minded about it. But as a shooter, you have to really consider other people's feelings and it's not just your money you're spending. So, you know, make sure that you get involved and be reasonable. Work together. I think that's important. So for the love of the sport. It's very good advice, Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We're going to go to events. Uh, Looks like, uh, Thomas, maybe you should take this one. Um, The only, there wasn't much happening with COVID. Everything shut down, but the East Outdoors is having their annual Whitetail Classic event. So what it is, if you if you harvest a deer, you bring it to the store, we weigh it, you get entered in the contest for free. It's a, it's a quick draw. But if you want a quick entry, you can either go online or in the store and you buy a t-shirt for 20 bucks. T-shirt gets you in the contest or entering a deer will get you in the contest. T-shirt's 20 bucks. This year, grand prize is, uh, there's one $5,000 draw, a shopping spree. There's 10 $1,000 shopping sprees. There's 30 guns being given away. Uh, optics, ammo, a, a whole, like last year when, when he did, the entire counter was nothing but guns. So, uh, well, I've, I've bought in a ticket every year and I've never won, but all my friends buy tickets and they win. So I think JT, awesome. entered, JT entered the first contest they did. He won the, the biggest deer and then he, I think he walked out at like 1500 bucks. Uh, last year my friend Grant won, uh, won a nice Browning A bolt. So. So this year, I bought two tickets. <laughs> now, the employees, we can enter, but we can't win the grand prize. We can't win the big 5000 We it, We get automatically bumped to 1000 if we get our names in there. But we all have to buy tickets. So we, we can enter either by deer or by a T-shirt like anybody else. How much are the tickets? They're 20 bucks. So it's a T-shirt for 20 bucks. Cool. It's funny. We have so many people. We had the, the last contest. They ordered the... The t-shirts but they, uh, for pickup, and they never came to get them. We've got hundreds of t-shirts that people ordered for, to get entered the contest, and they put on it to pick up, but they never picked them up. Hmm. That's weird. I guess with COVID right. and everything well, else, people aren't, don't want to come to the store. I don't know. But it'll be yeah, great. Odds weird. are fantastic. And I think the draw is the after the last day of deer season. It goes right to the end of the bow season, then they have the draw. So everybody has a, a good chance, and I think the biggest one so far is don't quote me I think it's two sixty five dressed, and we've had quite a few women mm-hmm. weighing in deer, which is great to see too. But that's all the events I could find. All right, well we don't have any listener email listed here, so uh, please send any feedback, questions, or comments you may have to host at newshootercanada.ca. Our Facebook page or in our comment section on our website at newshootercanada.ca. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and leave us a comment and rating on iTunes. And now I guess on Instagram as well. Do we have any closing comments? I didn't put anything in this week. I didn't look at the show notes till today because I've been so crazy all week. Well, I thought maybe someone might be inspired, so I thought I'd bring it up anyways. But uh, shout outs, Thomas? Uh, nope. Mike? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say thanks to all the people who help run i 
both at Smith Falls and at other clubs as the season appears to be over. So thanks to all the volunteers who put on matches. All right, great. Amanda? Uh, no shoutouts this week. Uh, no, me neither. I don't like anybody this week. So <laughs> with that, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. I like guns. I like guns.